Jenny Craig Brown here, and I have an incredible interview today with Joe DeSina, the CEO and founder of Spartan Race, Death Race, and he's also a New York Times bestselling author of Spartan Up, Spartan Fit, and The Spartan Way. Uh, welcome to Great News Life. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm awesome. So for those that, uh, you know, most people know at least what Spartan Race is and the kind of culture around it. You have managed to create a positive, team-oriented culture within the Spartan community that's gigantic, uh, but you approach things with such a hard push and strong tenacity. How do you manage both of those? How do you get that positivity out of such a hardcore instance? You know, um, I think back to the ancient Spartans 2,500 years ago. And uh, they had such a tremendous influence on the world, especially our country. If, if you uh, go throughout, you know, uh, Washington, D.C., and, and you look at all the monuments, you'll find um, little instances of um, Sparta, of ancient Sparta, the founder of Sparta, and how, and again, how much they influenced our, our current way of life. So although hard, although disciplined, although committed, um, it's it's part it's part of um, what is required to be happy and healthy and successful. So, please let us not confuse um, hard with like bad, right? Like I, I saw I saw an article recently that said um, conservatives tend to exercise more than like. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, everybody needs to exercise. Everybody needs to be committed. Everybody needs to do hard things. And, and from that, from those hard things, from that discipline, from that commitment is where you find like purpose and excitement and um, happiness. You don't find it. Like imagine if you had unlimited money. I know, I know this is gonna be confusing to a lot of people watching or listening. You had unlimited funds, you had unlimited time, and all you did every day was go out and buy something new. Every day it could be more expensive. It could be more sexy. Um, you lounged around. You watched TV. Um, how fulfilling of a life would that be? It would suck, right? Definitely. Versus, because I've done it, versus um, like braving the snow uh, in a you know, cold winter day, climbing a mountain, barely making it back home, finding out that there's no hot water in the house, taking a cold shower, the fridge is empty, and all you have is a stick of celery and some water. I know it sounds crazy, it sounds miserable, but let me tell you, you'd be a lot more happier in that instance than you would in the first. So, and by the way, to your other point, when you do those hard things together, uh, you build relationships and community like, like no other. You don't, you don't build community going shopping and sipping champagne. You don't, you, don't build, you, don't, you don't build connections with people. If you and I live that day I just described together, and we came to back to the house and we had like a stick of celery, like, like we would remember that and talk about it forever. Absolutely. So, so now listen, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taking over here, but- No, I love it. If this was 2,500 years ago, I would say, if I was on this show 2,500 years ago, I would say, listen, 
we all need a little more penicillin. We probably need some couches. We need some warm water. We need indoor plumbing, right? Like, like it was different 2,500 years ago, but today we have so much abundance in the first world that we're fat, we're depressed, we're sick. Uh, we don't have purpose. Um, I bet you if we went to Siberia right now, there's not that many psychologists and there's probably not that many people that are taking antidepressants. They're just trying to survive. I think you're exactly right. And probably a good, um, I, could probably provide a good follow-up question, but I think you're exactly right that bringing in some adversity and some tough and some struggle, I think it just makes you see, it, it, you forget about a lot of the negativity when the BS falls to the, to the wayside, when you've got the 10 miles to run and then 10 other things to do, and you've got to eat right, and you've got to plan that, and you've got to cook, all of that stuff creates a whole new focus. And it really makes a lot of the BS drop to the, to the wayside and the community that I completely agree as, as, as a, a Spartan racer myself, I think uh, the community I have seen and been a part of, and even in my own little world created with the crew here in our area that runs races is in bar none the best. And I think it's exactly that when I have to have someone push my heavy butt over that wall and help me get over it, you're, you're closer at the end of the day for so many more reasons. And I think you're exactly right. It's that struggle together mentality that really helps create that community. So spot on. Um, struggle together. And it doesn't matter if it's a Spartan, if it's a tough mutter, if it's a Spartan trail race, if, you know, if it's a, it's, if a 5k is hard for you, it's just every single day. Look, I wake up in the morning and I'm not like clicking my heels and jumping out of bed and happy as can be. I have as many problems as anybody else in the world I got to deal with. And I just repeat this saying in my head in the morning. I say, look, Joe, you got to change your mental state by changing your physical state. Let's go. We got to exercise. And, and the first, you know, 15 minutes, it's like, I want to look at my phone or I want to do anything other than get this workout done. And, um, and then I get through it and this, I'm thinking about this morning and I'm like, all right, we got to do it. I got to take the cold shower. I got to do it. And I take the cold shower and all of a sudden I'm in the game. You know, it's like I put on a uniform and the lights were on and the crowd is cheering and I'm in the game. I think that whole full circle puts you in that mentality. It, number one, it keeps you positive. Number two, gets you ready for your day and it keeps you on the upside. So it's perfect. And it shows a lot of discipline. So, and that was kind of what I wanted to touch on next was your discipline is probably bar none. One of the highest I've seen you're in that world of high performers that are highly disciplined. How do you, or why do you maybe, or both? Um, what, why do you feel that's so important? Why do you, um, what is so important about the discipline that ties into not only your fitness life, but really throughout each and every part of the day. And I, I would assume there's some tie into that other side of that with the adversity and the struggle. Um, talk a little bit about your discipline, your mentality, and your thoughts around discipline in your daily life. Well, look, I think if we expect the number, the number one question I get from people over the last 25 years is um, how do I stay motivated? How do I get going? What if what if I uh, don't want to do like how do you how do how do you how do you do it, Joe? And I, I think about it, and I'm like, well, I'm not motivated. Like the number one thing we are all motivated by the number amongst our species doesn't matter what country, size, shape. The number one thing we're motivated by not sex, not drugs, not food. It's the avoidance of discomfort. 
we will avoid discomfort at all costs because our brains require so much energy um, that they're like, hey, don't go do that. Don't expend that energy. We need it to survive. Yep. So, so um, that's why you're looking at the phone in the morning before the workout or, or going to brew coffee. You don't need coffee. You don't need to look at your phone. You don't need to do the 22 things you're doing before the workout. You're just trying to avoid the discomfort, right? So, yep. so let's set the table and all agree and all hold hands on this idea that we're all, we're all lacking motivation. So then what the hell are we going to do to stay on track? Well, we're going to be disciplined. We're going to make a commitment. We're going to set some standards. We're going to shout from the rooftop that this is what we do so that we're not a fraud to our friends. We can hold ourselves accountable. We can look in the mirror every day and say, wait, I told everybody, including myself, that this is what I do. And so I better do it. Right. And um, say what you're going to do and then do what you say. So, so we're all lacking motivation. If we can throw some discipline in our life, make a commitment, put it on a post-it note or a whiteboard or tattoo it on your forehead, do whatever you have to do and then tell everybody this is what you do. You, th these are the standards I live by. I don't really want to carry a kettlebell around uh, <laughs> the world, but, but I tell people, yeah. I carry on a count. I don't want to do 300 burpees in the morning. I tell everybody, get on a podcast, I do 300 burpees. My new kick now is Murph. I've been doing Murph every day. Because I met a guy who, who was doing it, and it really annoyed me that I wasn't doing it. If he could do it, I could do it. <laughs> so, um, and Murph did it, right? So, right. So, so anyway, you got to tell everybody this is what you're doing, and then and then you just got to stick to it. Deliver it. Um, and if you could flip the script in your brain, where it's more uncomfortable to not do it than it is to do it then you're winning. And that's what I've done. I, I've made it so painful when I don't do it, that I have to do it. And, and what is, well, how did you do that? What do you, how, what steps did you take or what flips or switches did you make to make it more painful not to, how did you get in that mentality? Well, one is you, you create the habit and you, and you get those dopamine hits from, from doing the cold shower, doing the workout every day. Okay. Uh, repeating the mantra over and over and over, just like a, a religious ritual, telling everybody this, like you just make it part of your being. It's like, it's, it, it's like part of my genetics now. Cause I just say it. I told my kids, my boys are going to wrestle this weekend. And I, I, I told them, I told them a lie. I texted them and I said, listen, I said, they just did a study. I don't know if they believe me or not. They don't listen to me, but <laughs> they just did a study. I said, and, and high performers, that repeat 300 times, not 200, not 500, 300 times, I chose that number because of the movie 300, uh, with their eyes closed, I don't lose, I don't lose, I don't lose. You can do that 300 times a day, they found that after 30 days, people lose less, right? And so, and so how do you do that, Joe? How do you flip the script? You start to like create these, these rituals, these mantras, these yeah. things, publicly and privately, and, and um, Imagine if you're having dinner now with your family and friends or you're on a podcast or whatever, or you're, you're with your loved one and they're like, oh, did you do, did you take a cold shower today? And if you have to say no after telling yourself and every, like that hurts. Yeah. You're so it has to hurt. And, and, and once, once that hurts, then, then it feels better not doing it than, than doing it. Um, Very smart. But that cold shower sucks. I mean, yeah, I was just telling. So I started phase one. I don't know if you know anything about Andy Frisella and 
75 hard. Um, I did 75 hard. I'm doing phase one of 75 hard, which adds in some meditation and some cold showers and a couple other things. It's one of the hardest things I've done in a long time, the cold shower, but you are correct when you're done with it. You are more on awake, aware. I don't, it's the dopamine hit I would assume, but it's just so incredible. The feeling you get, and there's never a moment I want to do it. So it's uh, really tough. No, I, I agree with you. The, the, by the way, anybody listening or watching, if you want a really cold shower around January 15th, Chicago, any hotel, uh, cold. There you go. <laughs> Just go outside, jump in the lake. It's fine. Yeah. You'll, be, you'll be perfect. Uh, yeah, we're uh, pretty far north. So Chicago's only about an hour from us. And we're definitely used to the cold, but the cold shower is a whole new life. I am not uh, a fan of, but understand the value for sure. Yeah. So we're in the good news biz. As I mentioned, we're positive only. We don't allow any negativity. We don't touch any crime, any politics. We want to shine a light on the good stuff happening in the world. Tell me some, either one or some experiences that you've had that either renewed your faith in humanity or showed you kind of the true human potential for good. What are those that stick out in your mind that just said, we are actually great people. There are actually good humans out there. This is a great one. Um, for anybody who doesn't know it, you know, people look at our brand and they just assume I'm a multi-billionaire and, and this is like this business, somebody just, I was just on the phone with somebody and they said, um, you know, Joe, I'm an expert at, you know, nonprofits. If you want to set one up, I said, actually, I've been running a nonprofit here for 22 years. If you could help me turn it into a profit, <laughs> that would be, that would be amazing. So yeah, I, I, I um, I'm having a tough time just generally all these years doing this for all the reasons you said and for all the reasons I said, which is, which is people don't, they don't, you know, if I was selling handbags and lipstick, I'd be wildly successful. Right. Um, It's hard to sell. This is very hard to sell. So, so, um, but I can't complain. I mean, we've had 10 million people do some event somewhere in the world, right? It's just, it's just hard. You got to spend a lot of money. You got to nudge people a lot. You got to, I used to lie to them and tell them, hey, we're going to a barbecue this week. And it turned out we weren't, I was barbecuing them. <laughs> but, so, it's, so it's a tough, tough business, tough industry. Um, and, you know, COVID was like kryptonite. I mean, it, it couldn't have been any worse. And so we got shut down in 45 countries. I had, you know, 350,000 people wanting to torch my house because races got canceled and I couldn't give them refund. And, furlough 500 people it was like a disaster and um in my kitchen i don't know about three months into it my um my wife starts um tearing up she's like did you see that fedex and i was like no she goes you should open it i'm like great now i'm probably getting sued by the irs or something in addition to everything else and um i open it up and and i see it's a letter from a customer and I'm like, oh, great. A customer gave me a $10 check. It's awesome. But, you know, because I was getting like little checks from people and emails saying, hey, hang in there. And it was a million dollar check. Oh, my gosh. It was a million dollar check. And it was from, from a guy I know that owns Saks Fifth Avenue, which is the antithesis of Spartan. But, but for whatever reason, we're friends because he wakes up at five <laughs> in the morning. There's nobody to call but me. And because um, everybody else is sleeping. And he... Um, he said, here's a million dollars, stick it in a drawer, whatever. I love what you do. Uh, use it if you need it. Don't if you don't. And um, who does that? 
That's incredible. I had not heard this story, but that you're, you're right. No one, nobody does that. Does that? Nobody does that. And and obviously, I have great friends and great family that that would do their equivalent of that, and I would do anything for anybody. Um, mm -hmm. But that but that one really felt that had like boom. That was a big impact. Um, yeah, like that brings tears to your eyes just thinking yeah. about it and seeing the goodness in people. And we've heard, you know, most people that are at least aware of Spartan or you or the kind of movement community, whatever you want to reference, they've heard the story of the gentleman that you helped lose hundreds of pounds, just kind of bringing them to the farm and making them do a race and making them do 10 miles a day. And then it was 20 miles a day. Um, that's got to make you feel pretty good um, and probably develop some of that faith in humanity to see the flip and switch that you can create in those people, right? No doubt about it. I mean, I get an email every day, every day, two, five, ten emails actually that, um, hey, you changed my life. I'm back with my husband. I'm back with my wife. I gave up drinking. I lost 200 pounds. So that is exciting. Yeah. I'm a bit annoyed when I get them also, though, because I say, how did we let ourselves get to that? Um, dealing with a situation right now, uh, close to home, where a family lost their child three days ago. Mm. And the parents are obviously upset as you would be, I would be like a disaster, it's just, just mm -hmm. an absolute disaster. And um, I know the pro proper protocol is just to be there and just kind of just be there. There's nothing to say, there's nothing you could do. And I just kept thinking like, the most important thing this mom and dad could do is like exercise. They have to drink water and they have to exercise and take cold showers. And I'm biting my tongue because I'm like, I can't say it. I can't say it. I just got to stand here. And, but I'm dying to say it. And finally, I couldn't resist. And I said it. And everybody thinks I'm nuts. But um, I think what happens to people and I'm, you know, is before you know it, they're drinking a little bourbon or whatever to take the edge off because that is a obviously a disaster. And they're taking a Xanax. And I'd rather be pushing extra. Like, you know what I mean? Think about yeah. the alternatives to... So um, when numbing we versus dealing, like they're they're numbing and not dealing, they're numbing and not working through, they're numbing and not fixing, and then the problem gets bigger because you're not fixing. Yeah, and and um, and maybe it wasn't the right time, and I'm I'm certainly a crazy person, but but um, I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to make the conversation you and I are having here more obvious to everybody that this is not like a fringe thing that conservatives do. This is like a requirement to being on this planet. Yes. Um, right. And, and um, there's so much science. I, by the way, I, I've been really fortunate as I'm sure you have been. I've talked to 700 experts from my podcast, right? Uh, biologists and scientists and doctors and psychologists. And, and like, I have an advantage because I've had all these conversations like you have. Yeah. And, it's not, it's not even the stuff we're taught. Like there's deep science, which is obvious to you and I, that you have to do these things. Yep. Like you have to do them. Like it's a requirement. And I think just uh, making it more loud and proud, making that conversation more regular to say, I loved the podcast you had where you talked about anxiety actually being a good thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a hundred percent proper. And just sharing the news that life really isn't supposed to always be perfect. Having some struggle, having things that make you work hard, that's what makes life good. And in the end, will actually make you happy because you see the good and the bad and the hard and the easy. And so you respect the easy a whole hell of a lot more 
when it's not there every day in your every moment. And I, I, have so, I have so much gratitude for life because I've been on the edge. When, yes. you're, not, when you're not on the edge, you don't know how great the middle is. Um, one of my yeah. analogies, if you could help me with this one, I, I haven't been able to verbalize it well. If you figure it out, send me an email on it or anybody out okay. there listening. Is um, make believe we are a soccer ball and that we're floating on water. And um, we think that if we can get off the water and move up off the, the higher we go, the happier we'll be. And um, it turns out that's fleet, like you never get to happiness. You got the nicer car, the nicer apartment, the nicer whatever. And still on the water. Really, what we need to do is is get pushed under the water, and then yeah. pop back, and then pop back to, to homeostasis and be like, oh my god, it feels great here. Right? <laughs> that's the finish of a race you feel like oh my gosh i just did all that number one i'm incredible and number two everything else today will be easy yes so so not a great analogy but i keep thinking about that but okay i'll think about a, a, a kind of a better one but i i totally understand your purpose and your your point of just it's the whole adage. There's that old school song or whatever it is where the guy talks about come to the beach at 4am if you want to be successful. And he says, you know, he pushes him under the water and says, what do you want to do when you're under the water? I wanted to breathe. Okay. Well, as, as soon as you want to succeed as bad as you wanted to breathe in that moment, then you'll be successful. And I think that's the same here is if you got to want it so bad and you don't know, you've at, at some point, we're not even at the point to even know how bad we need to want it, more or less want it that bad. We're not even there to even have the knowledge. You don't know what you don't know. And I think that's where we're at with a lot of folks just needing to even know that that's actually how hard you have to work. And that's how bad you need to want it before you're ever going to get it. I, what do we do if I want to breathe and be successful? I want both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to want that success as bad as that breath. And then I think you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a challenge for your audience is um, uh, 2022, I found, you know, a lot of people grew, they grew roots on their couches um, during COVID um, and they're having a tough time getting going. And I would say for any one of our 22 events anywhere in the world, um, it's on me if you're listening to this podcast, no charge. Um, okay. but you know, you got to send me an email. I don't want an email with 14 paragraphs, just a quick email. I heard the podcast. I'm in, I'm taking the challenge. I'm going to dunk myself underwater until I really want to breathe. Um, and you're going to be surprised at how few people hit me up. I, I invited once, I think 3 million people to our house in Vermont, my farm in Vermont, where Spartan was started. My wife wanted to kill me. You can't invite 3 million people to our house. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe a thousand show up, maybe, but like, so I'm always surprised at, at um, how few people, like, even if we take away the barrier of cost, right? And even if we tell them, we're, like, they still can't get off the couch. So um, anyway, I'm throwing that challenge at you because okay. we, we can't change 100 million lives unless we do it together. Um, whatever you need ever. Where are you located by? You said you're north of Chicago? Uh, we're northern Indiana, so we're just south of Chicago. There's just some southeast. races. Figure out when the next race is. Goshen in November is the next closest race to our area. All right, so here's your challenge. Ready? Yes. I want you to round up 300 people from anywhere in the country. They're joining your team. Okay. You're leading the charge. We're going to have a – you're going to carry a flag the whole way with the name of your podcast, you know, 
and okay. it's all on me. But you know, pick a date that they have to commit by because we don't, right? We want people to commit and train, and and um, you'll see how hard it is. You, I completely agree. Um, I would love. I will take the challenge. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Let's call end of August. That gives everybody six weeks basically to sign up and then plenty of time to train. Uh, and what do they do? Would you want them to email you? I think you collect, you collect all the emails. You know, you get, you got, you're on the hook for 300 people, okay. 299 plus you. And then, um, we'll get them all a code. See what you um, did there. <laughs> by the way, anybody listening that owns a company, a startup, whatever, like this is going to be unbelievable for your operation because now you've um, done this hard thing together with them. You've activated your business, your energy. Like, so watch what happens. This is going to 10X your business. Okay. I hope so. I would love that. Uh, and it's exciting to accept the challenge. So I will try to find 300 people. And I bet you're right. I bet it's hard as hell. I don't know. I, I think it's the money is sometimes the excuse, but not the reason. Yeah. Um, and people are scared. And I think, you know, we just did the stadium race at Notre Dame, which incredible spot. I loved everything. I've never done a stadium. I've done all the others, but never a stadium. Uh, to be clear, the basics, sprint, ultra, be, sprint, super and beast, never the ultra. But um, it was I've, really fun. I've signed you up for the death race next year. You're doing the death race. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm dead serious. You're coming to the farm. It's, I think, around July 4th weekend. So put it on your calendar. Okay. Anybody, anybody that, that wants to join you from your 300 person group is also in on the death race. Okay. Um, I think, I think it'll make incredible content. And yeah. um, once you get done with the death race, uh, you can hang up your cleats because everything else, is, you don't need to do anything else. That's, that's it. <laughs> it's literally the hardest thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's really scary, but I like it. I like right. it a lot. And I've got some people from just the Notre Dame race who said they almost bailed the night before me and my friend talked them into coming. And now they, one has already signed up for the Goshen race. The other one's going to sign up this weekend. Like they're pumped and already in it. So I think once you do that one race is all it takes, but you got to just, just suck it up, dive right in head first. Don't look back. And I think then we can get them. But I, I think you're right. It's, it's scary to get in. And a lot of people will say it's money, but it usually isn't. Nope. All right. Well, you're awesome. I got to run to this meeting. Yes, please. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, keep connected and I'll try to find some 300 people to join me. Let's do it. See ya. Awesome. Thanks. Bye. Take care.